0: Good morning, Victor Life, and all you wonderful people tuning in one more time, to the Word of God. Very important word today. I'm really excited about this word this morning. Um, We uh, are heading towards Christmas, and we know we've challenged you even last year about uh, the light that has come. And it did come. We're not like the world, that Jesus came. And the neat thing is... We get to join the party. We get to be a part of what he is, not just what he did. And that's what's so important here this morning, um, to get an understanding of what Jesus came with. He came and brought us life, light, liberty, freedom, salvation. He came and then he delegated us to be a part of of the solution, of being the body of Christ, of carrying that light. And so we want to look at the Word of God. We want to start out in Matthew chapter 4. We want to read from uh, verse 12. And this is really cool because after Jesus was uh, tempted in the wilderness and he came out of there victorious, and the devil departed from him, and behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Now when Jesus heard... Verse 12, that John had been arrested and put into prison. He withdrew himself into Galilee. So, in other words, things weren't really hot for Jesus at that time. Things weren't all going his way. His cousin got arrested and put into prison. And uh, I want to see what his reaction is and what's going to happen, what's going to come out of Jesus. And that's the same thing that can and shall come out of you in and during these times of great pressure and great tribulation. I mean, it's not as great as it's going to be in a tribulation, but there is a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that are challenging people. And uh, people are throwing up their hands and quitting. People are walking away from the Word of God. And I'm going to challenge you with these scriptures. Don't do either of those. Stay hot for God. It's the only victory at this time. It's the only way to go. As I shared on Sunday, Jesus is, um, when when the old tabernacle was erected, the first gate that you came in was the way called the way. Then the next uh, curtain that you came to was the truth. And then what was in that curtain that the the uh, Ark of the Covenant, all that was the way to the, the life. And so we got the life in us right now. And uh, you and I, come on, we, we, folks, this is it. This is We're in the final throes before Jesus comes. And we are carriers of that light. Let's um, focus in on what Jesus did, what Jesus said during this time period for us to be and to do and to have. And so all was not going well, but Jesus knew what to do. He withdrew himself to a place where he spent time with the Father. What happens when you spend time with the Father? There is a, a communication from heaven. There's assignments loaded down. There is a, the Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit. Jesus was tanked up when he was there in uh, spending time with the Father. He didn't go with the crowds. He didn't go and he wasn't all upset about uh, John the Baptist. In fact, uh, he never even went to visit him in prison. Did you know that? That's kind of kind of astounding even to me. He didn't even go there and, oh, poor John, and all that kind of stuff. He actually sent people, when John was questioning if Jesus was the one, he sent people that came to Jesus from John, he sent them back to John with the message, tell John that the blind see and the lame walk and all that, and tell him not to be offended. Because, and I again, I believe that John could have extended his life had he walked away from the path of offense at that time. Anyway, so Jesus goes and he goes, um, he withdrew himself to Galilee and leaving Nazareth he went and dwelt in Capernaum at the sea of the country of the Zebulun and Naphtali and uh, that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah so we're gonna to go to Isaiah here in a second, might be brought to pass the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali in the way of uh, the sea Yawned around the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. That surprised me this morning when I was reading Galilee of the Gentiles. So I thought he came to his own. Well, these guys are going to see the light too. That is, the people who were not of Israel, the people who dwelt enveloped in darkness, has seen a great light. And for those who sat in the land in the shadow of death, light has dawned. One Jesus goes away into Galilee, goes by the sea, into Gentile territory, and the people say, whoa, what's on him? We have seen a great light. I know you're throwing up your hands saying, yeah, but that was Jesus. But the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. There was never a time when he didn't have the light. So as he is, and still is, same yesterday, today, and forever, so are we in this world. And the Bible says we carry, that's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we carry this light of the gospel in earthen, frail vessels. So, you know, as much as we put emphasis on, or, or we shouldn't, but at, at least equal par, put emphasis on looking good on the outside, how about on the inside? Do you realize you're a carrier of the light? The land of Naphtali and Naphtali, uh, they they saw the great light. They saw what was on Jesus and uh, he of course uh, not only did they see the light but great things happened. but i want to show you where this came from out of isaiah chapter 9 because we're heading close to christmas here where we get to again share the wonderful scripture verse 6 uh, for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the government shall be upon his shoulder his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father of eternity prince of peace And we celebrate that. But let's go back to the beginning of that verse and see what all was in the mind of the Father when he sent Jesus. So the prophet Isaiah, which it's interesting because the footnote says this here. Isaiah's own name means salvation of the Lord, which means healing, safety, soundness, deliverance, and security from the Lord. Amen. And his two children's names were signs. Um, And I'm not going to get into that right now, but everything that the Lord did was was pointing to a new day. Remember Isaiah 60? Arise from depression. Arise to a new day. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 61, verses 1 on, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovering of sight to the blind. It's a new day arise from that depression, arise to newness, recognize that you are a carrier of that anointing, that you are, uh, you're destined as a believer. I remember we're down in, in Surrey, and I'll tell you, this surprised me, but it shouldn't have, because we were tanked up on the Word of God. This happened about a year and a half ago. We were filling ourselves with the Word of God. We were prostrate before the Lord, so to speak, in our spirit, man. We just wanted to hear from God. We wanted to hear from heaven. We were absorbing what the minister was saying. And so I was standing in uh, the coffee line. Uh, There's about 10 of us in the line. And to my surprise, these two ladies walk by and they literally fall over and they point and say, that was coming from you, the power of God. And I, I didn't say, power God, hit these ladies, you know, it was just one of those things that God was reassuring me that, you know, there is still ministry left in me that I, you know, that he's not forsaken me and all that, that the, the anointing is still on me. And she come around a second time and she started prophesying over my life and, and uh, she could hardly stand. It. And I'm like. I went back to my seat and wept, because it's nothing of my own ability. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And how much of Christ you allow out of you, that much. And you should expect that every day. Father God, you're in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so, the greater ones in me, and and people, uh, well, the the handkerchief of Peter, uh, uh, landed on people, and uh, because it was touching their skin, his skin or the handkerchiefs were and um, and even under the shadow people were healed set free and the people were put on the streets i'm telling you would you would you think a revival would incur when the believers according to romans chapter eight they are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of god i'm a son of god not the son of god but a son of god according to uh, first john Chapter 2, I am there as he is, so are we in the world. But watch this here. So it says in chapter 9 of Isaiah, But in the midst of judgment there is the promise and the certainty of the Lord's deliverance. There shall be gloom, there shall not be no gloom for her who is in anguish. So if you are in anguish as an Old Testament saint or someone in the Gospels, anguish in Jesus is over. Amen? No gloom. Say no gloom. For her who is in anguish in the former time the Lord brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, which we just read about in Mark chapter 4. But in the latter time, right now, folks, right now He will make it glorious by the way of the Sea of Galilee, the land of Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And the people, the scripture that I already read, walked in darkness. They have seen a great light. Oh, big deal if it's just going to be seen in the distance. What, um, what was the purpose of that? Who dwell in the land of intense darkness and a shadow of death upon them, the light has shined. Oh, it says, Oh Lord, you have, um, have multiplied the nations and increased their joy. The rejoicing before you like the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divided up the spoil of battle. Can you imagine all those people in sorrow and sadness? Even today, if you haven't heard the gospel, it's good news. Good news from our Lord. Coming to a dark people that are stooped in sin and sickness and disease. He came and became the light. He came with intense love. He came with all the things that are necessary for life and godliness to a believing people. Our former shame has been abolished through the blood of Jesus Christ. You want to be a sinner saved by grace? That's a one-day transaction. Now you walk in the glory and the, and the joy of the Lord, which is your strength as you go about your daily activities, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. I want to show you the difference. So This is for us as believers. How many Christians are, are not there yet or have not enacted that yet, don't understand that yet? Even like it says in Malachi 3, it says, Your words have become stout against me. You're saying things that are not true. The book of Job says, Job, shut your mouth. You're saying things that aren't true. God is not the one that is temptation testing and trying you, James chapter one. Find out the goodness of God. Find out that He's a Father of lights, and goodness comes from Him. But watch the con- in contrast, uh, Isaiah will start in uh, fifth, verse eight, verse verse uh, oh where is it here? Verse eighteen, eight eighteen of Isaiah. It says, "Behold, I, I Isaiah." And the children whom the Lord has given me, so we had two kids whose names had to do with salvation, are for signs and for wonders that are to take place in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwell in Mount Zion. Can I tell you something? In John chapter 1, the Bible says he came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. His own didn't want him. I watched the other day as these Jewish children walked by people that were proselytizing, speaking about Jesus, and they were spitting at them. The Jews today, we pray for them, we love them, we pray for Israel with all that's going on. Why? Because the Bible says that. Even though they reject, uh, the majority reject the Christian faith, uh, which is uh, faith in Jesus Christ, and they've erected their own Messiah, um, the Bible says to bless Israel. So we're always on the blessing side, even if they spit at us or whatever. We're believing a nation can be saved in a day. And so, even though the gospel was sent to them, um, it says in, in John chapter 1, verse I believe 7, it says that they rejected him and he came to the Gentiles. And when the people, instead of putting their trust in God, verse 19 of Isaiah 8, "...shall say to you, consult and direct mediums and wizards who chirp and mutter. Um, Should not a people seek and consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? No. Whether you're into yoga or crystal or tarot cards, absolutely not. Horoscopes, all that kind of stuff. But wait, we know that's wrong." We know those kind of things are, are not of God. Ouija boards, all that kind of thing. Consulting mediums, you know, I see them sitting at, the, at the, uh, any, any kind of exhibition. I stood outside of where the mediums were, palm readers and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm standing there and praying against that situation because those are, uh, that's not grandma speaking to you. That's a, a demon that could answer you or speak to you through some of those seances and things that they do. But wait a minute, it goes on past that. We all know that's wrong. We all know we don't consult mediums and that, and that uh, um, direct such a person to the teaching of the testimony, the word directed to the word, if their teachings are not in accord with the word. Now that's beyond just being uh, going to a stance or medium and all that that's for those that reject the word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible says, in the last days, they will reject the counsel of the word, and they will go to things that will tickle their ears. They will be drawn away by their own lusts. They will be drawn away by pleasures. They will be drawn away by all these different things that are are worldly or or um, sado Christian. They're 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 things that are uh, not necessary. They're they're um, not the pure word of God. I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians that have settled for that. Well, you know, we used to speak in tongues. We don't. Well, we used to believe the word of God. Well, you know, and I've had people say that to me, said where they were attending. They said, we know the spirit, The God spoke to them. The spirit of God is not here. Then they came over and they said, it's here. And we've had people actually touch the, the church door and say, the power of God's here. And that's one of, that's nothing to do with us other than desiring God. Pulling down, desiring his presence in every service, staying with the word of God, whether it's popular or not, staying with it because I'm believing God that handkerchiefs that were laid on my body or, or, um, uh, prayer cloth or whatever, or people that come up front. We've had several um, very uh, interesting miracles, significant miracles by the hand of God during our services. And so we desire to press on and it's going to catch on. People are going to say, wait a minute, Christ Jesus is in that place. Amen. And so it says, I'm going to start that again, direct such a people to the teaching and of the test and to the testimony if their teachings are not according with this word it is surely because there is no dawn and no morning for them and they who consult mediums and wizards or are away from the word of god shall pass through the land sorely distressed why is this happening to me are you in the word Are you a word person? Do you put the word of God first place? We don't understand why this happened. So forth. Are you in the word? The Bible just tells you. You know, are you in the word? I mean, yes, Satan attacks when you're in the word and when you're not in the word of God. He's the same ugly devil. But I'm telling you, when you have the word of God, the Bible promises you a constant pageant of triumph. Even if it looks dark, it's there's a turning coming. Even if it was meant for evil, God will turn it for good. That's because you're a word person. You love Jesus. You're in the word of God. Stay with the word of God. Amen. And so, uh, I'll read that again. And they who consult mediums and withered shall pass through the land sorely distressed and hungry. And when they shall be hungry, they will fret themselves and curse by their king and their God. And whether they look upwards, oh, uh, or look to the earth, they will behold only distress. And darkness, the gloom and anguish, and into thick darkness and widespread obscurity, night they shall be driven away. I don't wish that for anybody. And I'm telling you, all distress, all anguish, all these kind of things are not of God. They never were designed by God, but He sent His word and healed them and delivered them of all diseases. That's God's desire for you. Let me let me share out of the 119th Psalm verse 30. 119th Psalm, let me see if I got that right. Verse 105. 119 verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It doesn't matter how small the word is. It's going to start working on your behalf. Just try that at night. Go running through your house without the lights turned on. And I'm sure you're going to catch your toe on the end of the bed. But just a little light. Darkness cannot push the light away. You are. uh, The light's in you. It says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll see if I can get there yet today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The light is already on the inside of you. One hundred nineteen, Psalm verse... Uh, 130 says this here. The entrance, the unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding, discernment, comprehension to the simple. Now take the reciprocal. You will have no discerning, no comprehension, no understanding, um, no discernment, comprehension, and no unfolding if the entrance of the word is not in you. That's what's so important with the Word of God. That's why he sent his Word. That's why he came. Jesus is the living Word. He came. And and just as I already started out in Mark chapter 4, where, uh, Matthew chapter 4, when he came out of the wilderness, he just defeated the devil three times with, he pulled forth his hands and zapped the devil, right? No, he did not use anything that is not available to you. Everything that he did, he used the word. He says, it is written, it is written, it is written. And uh, let's go uh, quickly to, in closing, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I love this chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul acknowledges something here. It says, for what we preach is not ourselves. Remember I shared that with you? Um, I don't, you know, those people that fell over because there's the power of God apparently came off of me. That was not me pumping it up. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm telling you, and I had that once again, when I was working in the bakery, ended up with my dad's bakery and, um, I was listening to tapes through the night as I was, you know, you get up early in the morning as a baker, which I'm not, but I was baking at the time and listening to the word and a guy came in, shook my hand, and he said, the power came out of you. And uh, I just like, wow, thank you, Lord. During t- some of the most discouraging times I've had in my life and desired, I desired to put the word of God uh, first place. Even if your heart's breaking or whatever is happening or you're in distress like Jesus, when when uh, his cousin got put into jail, he went to the Word he went to speak to the Father, what what is the Word? The Word is the mind of Christ in all wisdom, put into a book form. The Spirit of God is a revealer of the mind of God through Jesus Christ, the Word and and He reveals it to you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of rising to a level of glory so that we are effective on this planet at this time. Amen, that's what it's for. It's not for you to sit back and say, "Oh yeah, Christ in me." Um you know what do I do with that today? What is he saying for you to do today all right let 's uh, finish off with second Corinthians chapter four verse six. It says, For God who says, 'Let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts past hands. hallelujah, hallelujah, Christ in me He has shone into my heart. What happens when he shines into my heart? It stays there, amen, so as the beam forth the, to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty of the glory of God hallelujah he's beaming it in there he himself is the light christ in me hallelujah and he's beaming illumination remember i just shared with you out of out of uh, psalms 119:130 you won't have illumination everything will be kind of closed but he's shining that into you right now And keeping it there. Keep that switch of faith turned on. Keep that light on in your heart. And the glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Hallelujah. So every time you just, oh, just get so excited about the word. Get so excited about the word. Hallelujah. All right. Now he goes into, and we're going to close with this here. It says, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 4, in frail human vessels of earth, that the uh, grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be of God and not from ourselves. Boy, I tell you, we, I take no credit for anything that has happened at Victory Life, neither does Pastor Diana. We don't take any credit. Uh, unless God builds the house, we labor in vain. Amen. And so then what's so cool is he goes on, he says, We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled, oppressed in every way, but not cramped and crushed. Aren't you glad he started out with, and he told you about the glorious gospel? and the light, then he tells you the pressure he's under. Then he tells you what's really going on all around him. So is he dismayed? No. Is he uh, sad? No. Is he depressed? No. No, none of it. Um, It says he's um, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped, crushed. We suffer embarrassment, or at least they are attempting to embarrass me. But you know what? If they yell at you, if they try to embarrass you, go back to the inside. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the hope of glory on the inside. It's all there. So he has to write and tell you, you know, there's opportunity for embarrassment. They're working hard on embarrassing me. They're working hard on tripping me up. They're working hard on all these different things. Uh, But uh, it says, crushed, Uh, we are cramped on every side, we suffer embarrassment uh, and perplexity, And unable to find a way out in the natural is, but not driven to despair. Why? Because the greater power and the light's within. We are persecuted and hard driven, persuaded, uh, uh, persuaded, but not deserted to stand alone. But we are struck down to the ground, but never struck out. Isn't that kind of cool? You know, nothing can harm you. That's what Romans chapter 8 is. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Okay. Final verse. Ye know that uh, yet we have this same spirit of faith as he who has written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. So I want to encourage you today. Believe and speak that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Believe and speak that the light and the power of the glorious gospel is in you. Believe and speak that. Paul did that. After everything that he's gone through, he's walking around saying, no, Christ in me. No hallelujah, and he's releasing it from his lips. He's a talking spirit. Amen. I encourage you, I implore you to do that today. Just continue to take on some of these scriptures and realize what he has deposited in your heart. Amen. If you have any more questions, call us at 250-862-3044. I would love to share more of this with you, and that you need to uh, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Do that now. Pray that now. God bless you and have an amazing rest of the day.